0: Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You, a podcast sharing gold, inspiring stories with genuine friends about our faithful God. Its purpose is to uplift and encourage you, to remind you, God is still with you. And today on the show, we are talking about a subject that goes hand in hand with this idea that God remains with us. Today, we are talking about learning to hear the voice of God and who better to share this conversation with than my friends friend, Katie Haskell. Katie Haskell is a prophetic voice and teacher based in Nashville, Tennessee. Before God called her into ministry, Katie worked for more than a decade in the entertainment industry. She has since traveled the world following the voice of God, speaking and ministering to groups and in schools and churches. Katie has taught hundreds of students around the world through her online courses in which she mentors, trains, and equips emerging voices and individuals who want to learn how to hear the voice of God for themselves and others. Last year, in 2020, God allowed me the opportunity to join Speak, a six-week course led by Katie on hearing the voice of God, knowing your power and authority in the gifts of the Spirit, and understanding how to walk in the fullness of the call of God on your life. Not only was this course led by Katie so much fun, but it fully changed how I practiced hearing the voice of God. What I love most about learning from Katie is that she teaches solid truth found in Scripture. God is not on mute. he is still speaking, teaching, correcting, and encouraging, and he wants you to hear from him. Perhaps you've heard your pastor or friend describe their own personal experiences in hearing God's voice, but rather than feeling 100% encouraged by those incredible stories, the chances are that you've had questions. How does God speak? What does his voice sound like? How can I tell that God is talking and I'm not just making up words in my mind? If you want to hear God speak directly to you and not just hear what he tells your peers, then this the ep- Episode is for you. Katie is a trusted voice in my life, and I love that she is leading others to fall in love with hearing the voice of God. There are so many great points from our conversations that I want you to hear, think, and pray about. Let's get right to it. Please welcome to Still With You, my friend, Katie Haskell. I re-listened to your episode with Cammy and Amanda on Basically Basic and I didn't catch it before, but are you originally from Florida? I sure am girl. <laughs> What part of Florida?
1: So I grew up in St. Petersburg, so just south of you. But I went to college in West Palm Beach. I stayed there for one year after and taught school and then moved back to St. Petersburg for one more year before I started coming out towards Tennessee. You live in Nashville. What brought you to Tennessee? Correct. I live just south of Nashville in a city called Franklin, Tennessee. I kind of threw a fleece out there. I was, I don't know, 23 years old, I think. Felt like God was like, we're about to start something different and emailed a bunch of people and was just like, I'm not sure exactly what God is wanting me to do in this season, but I do know he's wanting me to go somewhere else. And so I just asked people to pray and if they felt anything to let me know. It took probably, let's see, I think I, th- I threw that out there in mid-January and moved April 1st to hmm. Tennessee. So it took a little bit of time, a little bit of the waiting room.
0: Once it did happen, it happened very quickly. Did you move with a job in mind or did you just go hoping that there would be a door open to you? I moved with a
1: quote unquote job. It was an internship okay. to help start a church.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Is the church still running? Like It sure is. They're actually doing
1: amazingly. Um, they're off of um, Columbia, if you know the area. Amazing church.
0: I I've always like fascinated with people who are part of like the church plant. We're a church plant. It's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, I've done it a couple times. It is, it's really, really hard. It's a lot, a lot of work. It becomes a big portion of your life. And I love that meme that talks about how starting a church, 80% of what you do is setting up and tearing
0: down chairs. It's so real. It speaks to the heart of every person that's been a part of a church plant. Even our campus, we're a set up takedown. And so I feel that to my core because I'm like moving tables, like setting up banners, taking them down. It's the real deal. I'm so excited to be speaking with you because you have really been an awesome, encouraging voice, a teaching voice to me this past year in helping me and helping so many others like learn how to hear from God and giving practical ways along with biblical truth that supports that God is still speaking. I think that in the body of believers, depending on like what denomination, I think like some people might have like different interpretations of the gifts and different things, but I think we all can come under the idea and the truth that God is speaking. And so I would just like love to know how that passion for helping others understand and learn and fall in love with the voice of God began in you. I think a lot of it stems
1: from your own personal encounter. So if you have been greatly affected by an encounter with the voice of God, then You don't want anything else but to help people get to a place where they encounter the voice of God. Right. Because when you encounter the voice of God, you have a better understanding of the love of God. I think a lot of times when we hear God through other people's lens, we hear a different version of who God is. That's true. When you hear God for yourself, then you actually start to realize how loving of a God he is. That's really what happened to me is I had such an encounter um, with the love of God through hearing his voice for the first time that I, one, never wanted to go back to any other way. And two, I wanted to make sure that everyone that I came into contact with could understand that as well. I, of course, over time learned anybody who believes in Jesus as their personal savior can hear his voice. It just began a beautiful journey of learning practical ways to grow in that area so that you could not only hear him, but experience his love.
0: I think that sometimes we hear that a lot as believers, or even if you aren't a believer, but you hear other believers say like the voice of God is so important. Why is it so important? Why do we need to seek the word of God along with the voice of God? I think a good way of
1: looking at it is that you could hear for a long time, let's say that you have a friend that's like, oh my gosh, you have to meet my friend, Sally. You guys would hit it off so big. Usually, actually, in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably won't even like this person. <laughs> and immediately in my mind, I'm like, don't push your friend on me, you know? <laughs> But I feel like that is what happens with God is that for a long time, you're like, oh, I promise if you actually got to meet Sally and hang out with her and have a conversation with her, you guys would get along so well. You have so much in common. I think that's very similar to the father. Yeah. Because what we've done in the church is that we have at times, and this is not a blanket statement that, you know, there are pockets of this and pockets that are not like this. But overarching, we have one person up on a stage who is telling us through their lens what they feel like God is saying. Yeah. And so we hear their interpretation through their trauma, their wins, their losses, their childhood, their experience, their heritage, their everything. We're hearing it through their lens, the way that they see God. What we have to make sure that we're doing is, how does God speak to me? How is God communicating to me? Because if I get a handle on that, then when I go to the Bible, I'll read it through the lens of the way that God has shown himself to me. Does
0: that make sense? Yes, that's so good because it's a personal relationship. God, the ultimate teacher. To me, it adds to the excitement of even getting in the Word because I know that God's going to speak to me and highlight the things that I need to see while reading the text. Like It's the ultimate combo. I love that when you talk about The lens, we do live in a culture, unfortunately, that's like sometimes like me, 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 like selfish. I feel like this is the one place where God's like, Yes, you have a direct line communication personally with me. Like God speaks to you differently than like what He would speak to me. And I love how He like pursues us that much where He wants to have that with us. Totally. And He speaks the way that we listen.
1: So if you listen in a certain way and hear in a certain way, he's going to speak to you in that way. You've probably heard me say this because you've taken my classes, but a lot of times if you are more of an auditory learner versus a visual learner, God knows that about you because guess what? He created you. So when he speaks to you, he knows that you actually like words versus being able to see things, visuals, and vice versa. I'm a very visual person by nature, but I... I also love words. So God speaks to me in both because he knows I love both. So I'm not one and not the other. I'm pretty equal on both
0: ends of the spectrum,
1: but he knows that about me.
0: How did you get to where you could put language to how God speaks to you? I've heard a little bit of your story that you worked in the entertainment industry. Now you're, you're moving towards where you're teaching speak and logos and just helping others. Find their ear in listening to the Lord. If you could take me back just a few steps, like what was it that pulled you into where you're able to have these conversations? You're a natural teacher. So, like, I just was wondering, like, how that began. I actually come from a line of teachers. My parents were
1: both teachers at some point in their lives, for most of their lives. I grew up around teachers. If you are a teacher, we call them TKs, you know, just like there's PKs, preacher kids, yeah. there's teacher kids, because you live at the school. Mom's got to put up a new bulletin board <laughs> back in the day. So you would sit there and help her cut out the bubble letters to announce that it was November. So I lived in classrooms and at schools for a very large portion of my life. And education became very important and learning became very important. You, I think you have to like really hunger to learn mm-hmm. and, and want to know more. And I think that that is such a gift that God gave me very early on. On through my family. And because of that, when I encountered God, like I said earlier, all I wanted to do was to learn more. And so I delved in and the Holy Spirit became my greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. I read everything I could. I actually went and did a study through the entire Bible of every prophet that ever was spoken about in the Bible. I broke down how each one of their story, where did they come from? How did they hear God? What was their life like? What was their journey like? And from going through every single one of them, it was helping me understand where God was taking me and how my life was going to play out just by looking at the historical context of every other person who's ever experienced the prophetic Mm -hmm. in their lives and hearing God in their lives. Through that, I just began to grow and, and then the biggest thing that I always tell people is... I actually started to practice hearing his voice and hearing it for others. And so I was not afraid to go and speak to anyone about what I felt like God was saying as long as I felt like it was from a place of love that they might actually encounter his love because of it.
0: Can you talk more about that because that is something that you have really like helped me with in I think building my confidence and that I am hearing from the Lord that again like that practical like this is how this looks in the everyday so let's say you're just standing in line at Starbucks
1: as you're waiting in line. I mean, you're probably going to be there if it's the morning rush. You're there for a good 15 minutes, right? Yes. <laughs> so you've got some time on your hands. You might as well start asking God about the person in front of you. And God tells you that they're on their way to work and they work in construction. And that might be all you get. So when that person kind of turns around and you see you've got an in to say hi, you know, instead of like tapping them on the shoulder, usually people as you're walking through a line will have to turn to you at some point. So you can be friendly and just say, hey, how's it go? How's your morning going? Oh, you know. I'm exhausted, but I'm about to get that coffee, you know, classic conversation. Oh, awesome. Do you work in construction by chance? You just, you literally just ask me a question based upon something that the Lord told you. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I actually do. Well, as you've been talking, maybe God started depositing a little bit more into you, or maybe you asked him a couple more questions before you started talking. For me, at this point, I can start talking to somebody and still be talking to God. Sometimes in the beginning, that's too much like tapping your head and rubbing your belly at the same time. So I want to have a couple questions in the queue before you go about that. So my next question to the Lord would be, why are you highlighting where, where he works? What is it about his work situation you want to tell me about? And the Lord shows me that he's been working for this company for a really long time, but his ultimate dream is to own his own business. Yeah. So at this point, I say to him, oh, awesome! you do work in construction? Super cool. Do you own your own business? No, um, I work for so-and-so. Have you ever thought about owning your own business? Yeah, actually, I have thought about starting my own business, right? And so then could go through another question. Okay, God, if that's the case, what's holding him back? from starting his own business. Well, he feels like he doesn't have the startup cash to get it going, but I'm about to bring him $10,000 to start his, you know, his new company. So I go for another one. Well, um, I really feel like you're about to start your new company, even though you've been concerned about money. Am I right? Have you been concerned about your startup cash? Oh yeah, I have. I feel like you're about to get a $10,000 check that you're Mm. not expecting. And that is going to help launch your business. I really feel like God brought me here today to tell you and encourage you that he's got it all under control and he has everything in the palm of his hand, whatever you feel to say. And sometimes you're not going to get all of that. Sometimes all you got was construction and wants to start a business. And so then that's all you go off of. And you say, oh, I felt like God wants, you know, I I just felt like God told me that you really wanted to start a business. And if he told me that, then it's on his mind as well. Yeah. So that's still encouraging. That's encouraging to them because they're thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, God told this rando in Starbucks. About the deepest dream of my yeah. heart that I want to start my own business. So it doesn't matter if you don't have all the details that comes with time, but it doesn't affect whether or not they'll still feel loved. And that's your goal. Really and truly, we've we've lost the art of asking questions in our relationship with God, which is foundational in the Jewish culture. All they did when Jesus was in the synagogue is they read the Torah and asked questions questions. Oh, what do you think God was saying when he said that? Da, 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 da. They sat around tables and talked and asked questions, which is what God wants us to do. Because what does that do? If I ask my friends questions, I'm wanting to learn more about them, which is going to draw us into a deeper relationship. And God wants the same thing.
0: That is something that you've taught me. I am having that more with the Lord of where I'm asking questions in my personal life. Like I remember you presented a question once where you're like asking the Lord, like a time where you made him cry. And I felt like the Lord put it on my heart to ask him, what was the time that like made you smile where you're like my beautiful girl? And like he brought back memory that I had forgotten about mm. that I had in high school. And it was just so edifying to see that I was like, he reminded me, it was like, well, that's what you're still doing now. Like you're, that's the calling. I wouldn't have taken the time to remember that and think of that. Had I not asked him questions, and now I feel like I'm asking him questions about everything. Like, what does that mean? It doesn't feel like I'm growing apart from God. I feel like I'm growing closer.
1: Totally, it's like dating, getting to know somebody. You're those first, you know, five dates. You're asking a lot of questions. You know, where'd you grow up? Do you have any siblings? All those kinds of stuff, which you know seems kind of bland at the beginning, maybe. But what you're really doing is saying. To me, I'm interested enough in you to ask these questions. That's what that says to me. If somebody's asking me a lot of questions about myself, that means that they actually are interested in getting to know me. I feel like that's what God thinks, right?
0: Absolutely. All of the stories that I've heard you share within your own personal experience and every time that I have someone who will encourage me. I think of like how God goes after the one. I love that he is so intentional to not only use us but other people, even like nature. I love how he like speaks through the beauty, things that he like loves to use, but I I've heard you speak about that about how it's just it's about hearing his voice, but it's also about when we go and encourage others' from what we're hearing from him, like we are doing the leaving the 99 to go to the one. Absolutely. And what I think God is pulling us out of
1: in the season of 2020 is our obsession with large influence versus small influence. Mm. There's nothing wrong with large influence, but if you actually look at Jesus and what he did, it was for the most part imparting to the disciples so that they could then go in part to the next round of people, and then in part to the next round of people in the next round. It wasn't these massive gatherings, which he did do every once in a while, but it wasn't his main thing. His main thing was spending day in and day out with 12 broken dudes and helping them be able to understand their identity that was based off of the love of God instead of religion. Yeah. I believe that God is really shifting our focus back into this intimate space that says I rather have 12 people or even the 3 that Jesus had who really know me and truly understand God versus thousands who maybe, maybe get it. I think that he's pulling us back, right? He's pulling us back into these small one-on-one leaving the 99
0: situations in hearing that, it makes me want to prepare. It fires me up. Like I want to know God's voice that it's so familiar so that when I'm in that situation where I am have the opportunity to pour into the one or for me, when I'm getting ready to make a life decision, like I want to hear his voice before anyone else. Mm-hmm. When I think about the conversations that I have with my small group, I have a group of college students um, and just, I mean, just friends in general. But one of the things that I think I always hear is that friends, they're just like, I don't hear from God, or they might have, but they don't fully trust. Just a very uncertainty. I have a couple thoughts on that. So, a lot of that stems from
1: us raising a generation who don't fully understand the word of God. Yeah. Talk about it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All
0: of a sudden, I felt the resistance in your voice. I'm like, don't hold back. I want to hear it. Yes. (laughs)
1: Um, when you know the word of God, I mean, think about what it's called. It's called the word. So if you know the word, then you would know how he speaks. And if you don't know the word of God, how can you be trusted to hear him speak? Yeah. So I believe that we, as in, I will take responsibility as a person who is not in high school or college or in my early 20s, I believe that We, as the older generation, are held responsible for helping the younger generation not just have an idea about God, but actually know God. And the way you get to know God is you know his word. And when you know his word, then you're trusted to know his voice and know how he would speak. Everything that he speaks to you has to line up with his word. They can't be dual. They actually have to be in agreement. So if God says something crazy to me, then I'm like, oh, I feel like God told me that I could go and murder nine people. And yet it says in the Bible, thou shalt not murder. That doesn't work. Absolutely. You don't know how he speaks according to his word. You're not going to know how he speaks to you. I think that that's like one of the main issues is actually knowing his voice because you know the word. And the other issue I think is an identity issue. Because a lot of times when there's a lack of trust of whether or not you actually hear from God, you don't have a revelation of who you are in God. Mm. So if you don't know that you are a son or a daughter of a father who loves you infinitely more than anything you could ask or imagine, has known the number of hairs on your head since the beginning of time, and whenever one falls off, he still knows the number, then if you don't understand those things, how could you actually trust what he says to you? Because you don't understand your sonship. You don't understand your daughtership. How could you actually trust the voice then? Right. If you've had a father in real life who's always disappointed you, always abandoned you, never was there for you, lied all the time, didn't do what he said he was going to do, then when he says to you, oh, I'll be there at Christmas with a gift, you aren't expecting him to show up with anything. It's his track record is X, Y, and Z. And you're like, he's never done it before. He's not going to change. Why would I trust now that he's going to show up and do it for me? What you have to understand in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is completely different than our natural earthly realm. And so if you know your scripture, then you know, we serve a God who never fails. If you read your scripture, then you know that we serve a God who does abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. We have to break off these false understandings of what it looks like to be a son and a daughter and step into a kingdom understanding of sonship, which falls under men and women, and understanding that you serve a father who will never fail you. That's the case. Then why would he lie to you when he speaks to you? Because God doesn't also say in the Bible, He's not a man that He should lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So He literally cannot lie. I always tell him, um, the sons and daughters that I have in the faith, "When is the last time that you were wrong about what God said?" Yeah, that's true. <laughs> When's the last time you were wrong? It doesn't mean that you won't ever be wrong. But I promise you the number of times that you are right far outweighs the number of times you ever got it wrong. And even when you did get it wrong because he's a good God and he's sovereign and he loves you and he covers and all those sorts of things, he probably swooped in and still made it good. So the pressure's
0: off. It is. The pressure is off of us. It's on God. He's the one who's doing it. Correct. And
1: what is the worst that can happen? That's what I always go to with people. Okay, well, tell me about the worst thing that could happen if you're wrong. Did you go and try something new? Maybe, maybe it was about a new job. And you thought that God opened up a door for this new job. And you went and did it and didn't love it. Is that the worst thing that could happen? You went and took a job that you ended up not liking? Well, welcome to life. How many of us have had jobs we don't like? Yes. Go to the worst case scenario. What's the worst thing that could happen from you trying to follow God? What a silly statement. It's a silly statement if you really think about it. I mean, I guess God would just really want me to just try. Ding, ding, ding. The biggest issue in the church is complacency. Mm -hmm. This is what I always do. This is how it's always worked. This is what we've always done. That's true. This is how God's always moved. Boring. Yeah, boring. That is why people run from the church after they grew up in it is because they're like, oh, same stinking songs, same stinking. Even the way we do church. I can go to any church across this nation and walk in. Someone's going to say hi to me, probably offer me some sort of a bulletin. I'm going to go sit in a chair that's probably brown with some speckled pattern in it. They're going to start singing and maybe sing a couple songs. And maybe somebody gets up and greets all of us. And maybe there's a prayer thrown in there and they sing a couple more. I mean, I could tell you line by line, what's going to happen in every church every time I go. Why is it like that? It doesn't tell you in the Bible, this is how it's supposed to happen. This is the formula for the presence of God. This is the formula for how you're supposed to do
0: church. We decided that. We decided that.
1: And guess what? It's boring.
0: What is the damage that we're experiencing through that? Because I agree with you. It's a template.
1: Um, I think it's hurting the Holy Spirit being able to move because what we're saying to the Holy Spirit is, I only have three minutes available in my m- minute by minute that I've created for service today, yeah, for you to do whatever it is you want to do. because the Holy Spirit, if you've had if you've spent any time in life following the Holy Spirit following God, then you know that mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit does not play by the rules. The Holy Spirit will do whatever. Whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it. And it's usually fairly uncomfortable for the person involved. God did not promise us comfort, right? He promised us the comforter. And guess Mm -hmm. who he was describing when he said the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So I actually have to be uncomfortable when I'm following the Holy Spirit so he can come and comfort. It makes the church uncomfortable to not have a complete and total plan down to the minute. When God said, "I just want you to show up, open up the doors, be prepared." Like it's not like we're not prepared with some music and and you know, and a message, but also allow for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do, and it might get uncomfortable. It might have some silence where people are like, "Oh, are they going to do anything? What's going on right now?" He didn't mean for it to be a performance. That's where the spirit of performance tries to come in. Is that too too much calling? <laughs>
0: It's not too much at all. I've heard you talk about this of like the risk and the reward. It is brave to let the Holy Spirit come in and do its thing. Since like you've taught me, I'll like, I'll give a little like how I put what you told me like into practice. Yeah. I was at a Waffle House in North Carolina. Our waitress came up to us and I felt like the Lord said New York. I don't understand like what New York means, but okay. Oh, well, she just like continued to talk with us. And the story like honestly has no real like dramatic ending other than the fact that like I was like, okay, New York was like talking with her, like asking her how her day was going, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, I noticed something different about your accent, which she did have a different accent compared to my Midwestern accent. And I was like, are you from up north and she's like yeah I'm I think she said she was from New Jersey or something I felt like a risk because I was just like I could be totally off by that I didn't know if it would offend her you know and it felt like I could feel the fiber of connection between her and I like grow and it was just like we were just encouraged her like my family was there and we just like we just encouraged her there was nothing like like I said e- exciting but other than like we were able to like pay attention directly to her and give her attention and like thank her for the job that she did and to me like I was Grateful to even hear New York because God, like, was so clear to remind me that was like the starting place. Like, my mind had to go up to the east coast to encourage her. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, I think this goes back to the large influence point that I was talking about earlier. We've grown to think that things in the kingdom of God have to look a certain way. What you might have thought. As like, oh, because you've said multiple times, oh, it wasn't this like big dramatic thing or whatever, but it was actually for her. What you did for her is you said, I see you. And in you saying, I see you, it was her also seeing God because guess who's in you? Him. What you're doing in those moments is you're stopping for the one. You're leaving the 99. You're saying you're important enough for me to actually stop, have a conversation with you, look you in the eyes, encourage you in your life. And by doing that, you're actually showing people Jesus. So that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a small thing. We think to ourselves, oh, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I didn't give her this, you know, crazy word of knowledge where she was on the floor. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. What you're doing is you're just actually saying you're more important right now than whatever it is that I felt like I needed to be saying or doing. And that's volumes. Mm-hmm. It speaks volumes to people because of our world and the way that it is for us just to stop and say, Hey, what's your name? Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. What a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Just literally conversations with people that could lead to you getting something from God to encourage them with, or it could just be you having a conversation as a human with you carrying the love of God.
0: Yeah. And I want to also share this quote that you have said. I have said it to myself so many times. I've shared it with all of my friends, posted about on social media. So anyone who's probably listened to me in the last couple of months, they've heard me say this. We cannot grow in the gifts of the Spirit without honoring and living out of the fruits of the Spirit.
1: Yep. And I know I'm not the first person to ever say that. It's not like that's like brand new revelation.
0: (laughs) I get fired up serving Jesus. And so to me, I was like, this is the starting place. Absolutely. The having the fruits of the spirit are a little
1: less intimidating than when you talk about the gifts of the spirit. Saying that you carry the fruits of the spirit, you're like, oh yeah, fruits of the spirit. Those are great. Yeah. I've got love in my heart. I've got joy. I've got peace. You're thinking through them like, okay, yeah, I can, I can work towards that. But when you start talking about the gifts of the spirit, you're like, oh, dear God, like now you're talking about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of prophecy, gift of miracles. And you're like, that feels unreachable, right? Yeah. But the fruits of the spirit are a gateway to it. I think a lot of times you can't really show the gifts of the spirit until you've been seasoned with the fruits. Meaning somebody says, before I've even walked in the door, I want somebody to be able to say, oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to meet Katie. She's so full of the joy of the Lord. I rather you say that than, oh, I can't wait for you to meet Katie. She really hears from God. Yeah, that's true. So I rather you know that I have so much love of God versus I can hear from God. What the gifts do versus what the fruits do, the gifts set you up to be used. The fruits set you up to have character. Your character is based upon your fruits. Your gifts are just a vehicle for people to try to abuse and use and mistreat you which goes with any gift that you have that could be singing that could be speaking that could be playing any sport mm-hmm. it will come and go it can come and go at the end of the day what i rather have is the love of god
0: guys i'm telling you like this is why you have to come here from katie Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Katie to remind you that there are 80 plus additional episodes of Still With You just waiting for you to listen to. If you love this conversation, you might want to check out my conversation with Tracy Shinnick about treasuring the Word of God. This is episode 24. You might also appreciate my conversation with my pastors from Liberty Church downtown, Pastor Todd and Becca Caroline. This is episode 44, another great episode about. Hearing the voice of God and following it with obedient action. My conversation with my friend Mariah Don, episode 56, a great one. Also about learning to hear the voice of God and how that has translated in her life through making music. Lost in Wonder with artist Ellie Limebear, that's episode 60. There are so many conversations that I would love for you to hear. And the easiest way to find all of them is by subscribing to Still With You on whatever platform you listen to. I'm so grateful for your support of the show and I hope that you are encouraged through every episode. I want to share this story if it's cool. Again, like this is a practical of like hearing from God, putting it into action and this is like what you did when you were sharing your speak course. So Easter 2020, around the, like the time of Easter, I heard Katie speak with two of her friends on their podcast, Basically Basic. She was just like speaking about some of the things that we're talking about today, which I will link that episode in the show notes because you also like share so many cool stories on there too. Like I want all of our friends to go listen to that as well. Along with that, like you were talking about the courses that you offer, which is like the speak course, the logos course about learning to love the word of God. In that I'd heard that you were just starting up a new session. At that same time, COVID-19 was like at the, peak like where everything was shutting down and I actually had just not lost my job, but I wasn't working and I work where like I have to show up like an hourly job. My finances took a little bit of a crushing. I remember like looking at like the course and like looking and thinking like, oh God, I don't know if I can do that right now just financially, but I really want to so badly. And I wrestled with it for like a night. I was talking with my husband. I was like, I don't know why, but I really feel like I need to do this. Like, this is just, I feel like we just need to step out and do it. Like, you know, God will honor our finances. I feel like this is something I should do is to sign up for Katie's speak course, because I want to hear the voice of God and I want to help others too in that. So anyway, I did it. I got an email from you the next day and it wasn't just to me. It was to several people that you have felt God put it on your heart to have the fee waived for all of your friends. I couldn't believe it because I'd stepped out in faith and was like, God, I'm going to trust you that I'm hearing from you that I should be doing that. And if I had waited the next day, I wouldn't have a glory story like this. I love that you were so obedient. That's why I want our friends to hear the voice of God because it impacted me. That's what God wants to do, right?
1: So if you know the laws of the kingdom, the laws of the kingdom are sowing and reaping. So if you're sowing for people to be able to hear God, you're reaping hearing God yourself. The way I see it is the more people I can help know that God speaks, the more that I'll hear God speak. You know, there's a verse in Acts 2.17 that talks about in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all And it says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What it's talking about in that verse is not just a select few of men and women. It's talking about all. All can prophesy. And if you understand the gift of prophecy, then you understand it's hearing God and speaking to others through the lens of love on his behalf. That is literally just taking whatever God is saying to you and speaking it on his behalf to others. If that's the case, that all will be able to prophesy, then we better start teaching people how to hear it. And we need as many people as possible. It's not one person. It's not this one workbook or this one book that has all of the wealth of knowledge. It's as many people as possible who can impact whatever group God gives them right? Whatever sphere of influence God gives them to be able to share with them that God speaks. And so for you, it's like, well, I can give that to you. Then you're going to give that to your small group and the people in your small group are going to give it to their sphere of influence and Mm -hmm. so forth and so on. So me being obedient to sow into you, it then has a domino effect to thousands and thousands of people. But what we're changing in our Our mindset is that if it's not thousands, then it's not worth doing. Whereas me sewing into one is actually eventually going to be thousands. And so it is worth doing.
0: Say that a little louder. Because I think, like, when we hear stories like that, I think we're like, wow, that is so generous. That's so crazy. That is the opportunity. Like, tonight, the people that you're having over for dinner or the weekend plans that you have, like, that can start then. Absolutely. our friends like it can start right now within the next hour. I did want to personally like thank you so much for your generosity and your sacrifice for that because like, you have house payments and you have, you know, living expenses and so like as brave as that felt for me like that probably <laughs> that was so much more for you. And so I just wanted to say thank you sincerely for that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And listen, it's it's a joy for me to be able to even hear that even one person has been affected by it. And every time I ever post anything on Instagram or, you know, throw up a video of any sort or a word of any sort that I feel like God's saying, I have to remind myself, this is me me saying to whoever's listening to this, even if you are farther along in your journey, you still have to renew your mind daily to remember likes and follows, reposts, and all of those things we've been conditioned to think are what bring us into success, are of the earth and not of heaven. There's an amazing book that's called Popular in Heaven, Famous in Hell. I tell people all the time, I have to be more concerned about what heaven is saying about me versus what earth is saying about me. Yeah, Because a lot of times when you're going to share something or put yourself out there, it could be maybe you're a songwriter and you just feel to throw up your song that you did and maybe 10, 10 people watch it, and you think to yourself, why did I even bother? 10 people watched it. Well, the song may not have been for you, it may have been for heaven. Mm. And so I would ask heaven how they feel. What's going on in heaven? How do they feel about me? I say this all the time I may not have mm-hmm. earthly success or whatever when I die, but I can promise you that heaven cares a heck of a lot about me. Yeah. And I can even say that right now. Mm-hmm. I know that heaven talks about me. I know that heaven looks to see what I'm doing and how I'm working with God, how I'm moving and shaking. We as people of God have to get to a space in our minds where that becomes way more important because yes, you do have favor with God and favor with man. But at the end of the day, I'm more concerned about heaven's response versus earth's response. Because it says, all these things shall pass away, but there's one thing that remains and that's him. I'm looking to have the biggest house on the coolest street in heaven and I could care less where it is on earth.
0: That is a prayer that like, I genuinely pray, but there are days where I'm like, I am not feeling it, (laughs) but you're absolutely right. There is though the comfort that follows up with the Lord. He satisfies all of our desires, even the ones that we like can't even put language to, but we feel. I'm with you on that. I've felt yeah. that and I'm so grateful that God allows us to depend on him for the set sa- to satisfy that and to just like trust, you know, I think
1: authenticity is one of the biggest things that we have to be um, speaking about in this in this age is, yes, I believe every single thing that I have said. Are there days when I forget all of it? Absolutely. There are so many days where I sit there and I go, God, where are you? Do you even love me? I don't, I can't even hear from you today. Those are real. I mean, I'll tell you yesterday, Coley, I literally sat in my living room and bawled my eyes out for hours That's to say there are bad days. That's why it's referred to as a race. It is run the race. It talks about perseverance. It says persevere even in the most difficult of times because we don't want to be a generation of weak Christians who have one bad day and completely fall off the wagon and and decide that God's not real and he doesn't love Mm. us. That's weak, right? Yeah what a strong persevering Christian would say is there are good days and bad days. And when the bad days happen, I probably should go to bed because his mercies are new every morning. And so when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to get a new batch of mercy and I might actually be able to refocus and start all over again. Yes, (laughs) that is super real. And I, I, I think that it's also a good word for parents. There's days where Mm. your kids, you're like, bro, you just need to go to bed because (laughs) I I ran out of mercy for you. He's going to give you new breath and new mercy as you sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, like I woke up today and I was like, okay, was it everything perfect and shiny and rosy and everything fixed in my life? No, but my posture was different by the time I woke up. That's what doesn't get talked about a lot is that you look at people who are on platforms or speaking or have any sort of influence whatsoever. You're like, Oh, I can never attain that. They must be in their prayer closet for eight hours a day. And I can barely read my Bible. No, everyone struggles. Everyone has hard times. But what happens with people who are seasoned is they recognize it and they still read their Bible. That is like absolutely true. Yeah. It's not that I don't have bad days. It's that on the bad days, I know that's probably the best day for me to actually read my Bible. Even though a lot of times I read it and I go, Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel true right now. I read back through journal entries last night to try to get myself out of the funk. And every one that I read, I said, this is hard to read God because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel true right now. And what does he do? He meets you with that and says, okay, I understand that. I was on earth at one point as well. I understand those feelings. Yeah. I'll meet you in those. I don't know if you saw it. I posted it today. I read my devotional this morning. Is it the one in Hebrews that you shared? It's called the voiceless cry. It was the name of okay of my devotional this morning. So if you know what, you know, knowing what I just told you about last night, this is what I wake up to. It says, Jesus hears us and he lets our cry cry come to him. The voiceless cry that comes from the anguished heart is heard above the music of heaven. It is not the arguments of theologians that solve problems of a questioning heart, but the cry of that heart to me and the certainty that I have heard it. That was
0: my devotional this morning. That's hearing from God. So friends, when you feel like there's a thing that addresses exactly what you're feeling like, that is the Lord. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: That is those winks from God, right? Like, just like all the numbers are for me, because you know me well enough to know that.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Every single one of those things highlights and goes, Oh, I see you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to me this morning and reminding me that even through my tears, you heard them above all the music of heaven. How beautiful is that?
0: It's poetry, like, and it's, and it's true. Like, that's the thing. It's not mystical or fake or magic. It's absolutely true. You also mentioned, like, you're talking about numbers. I just want to, like, give a little teaser kind of for speak through the course, like you address certain things, how God works through numbers, dreams, visions, like you talk a lot about that. So I just want to, like, share with our friends, like if you at all feel called to hear more from Katie and more importantly, like hearing the voice of God, if that's ever just been like something where you're like, I'd like to know more about that and specifically Specifically like what the Bible says about it. I just want them to sign up immediately. Like I have taken the course and I've also taken Katie's logos course, which is about the word of God. Like, just do it. I just highly, highly recommend it. And then like let me know that you did it so I can encourage you and Tell me a little bit about how our friends can sign up. Like, are you, when you're planning to maybe start those or also, and I know that you also are a life coach, which from hearing that conversation, our friends would know that you would be an amazing life coach because you just, you give like the practical along with the encouragement from the word of God.
1: I haven't really made a decision exactly when I will be doing courses in 2021. Um, No matter when people hear this, they can go on the website and it'll at least give an idea of when the next round of courses will be. I'm sure I'll do both sets, logos, and speak at some point in time. I always um, offer the life coaching thing. So it's, it's easiest if, they, um, if anybody's interested or just wants to have a conversation, just shoot me a message on Instagram or through email and
0: we can chat. Yes, and I will share all of that in the show notes in detail like of where you can find Katie connect with her every time I can I'm recommending it to friends because it really is a life-changing thing not only do you do a great job of teaching but like I've laughed I smile like it is like so much fun I love to have fun I love to laugh I just don't feel like we are in
1: a position to take life too seriously anyway yes I take God seriously but I do not take this life seriously (laughs) I just feel like Christians are kind of known for being stuffy (laughs) Just not fun, to be honest. And so it's like one of my number one questions to people when I life coach them is I ask them where areas of your life that you're actually having fun. Most of the time, it's like dead silent. (laughs) People are like, "Mm, that's a good question. Wow, and it really is true. Like we it's one of the first things to go in our lives. If if stuff has gotten yep. busy, then that's that's one of the first things we give up.
0: Oh, speaking of fun, are you going to create any speak merch this year? I get compliments on my vision sweatshirt and my speak shirt all the time. <laughs> are we going to see any of that coming forward in the future?
1: Yes, um, I've actually been working on a beanie.
0: Stop. That's your classic look. Like every, (laughs) in quarantine, you show up with your beanie all the time.
1: Yeah, I wear them all the time. So it's just really selfish um, at this point. Beanie and then probably something in the new year based upon whatever God shows Mm -hmm. me. Just like the vision sweatshirt was related to what we were kind of declaring over 2020. I think that there'll be something similar for 2021. Sweatshirts are just such like easy thing because we all need them, love them. And who knew when I started that in January, how much we would be wearing oversized sweatshirts in 2020.
0: That's practically hearing from the Lord. (laughs) And by the way, that sweatshirt feels like it was made out of clouds. I'm not kidding. So soft. You know, like, I know everyone that has one is always like, I literally wear it every day. I'm like, I know, me too. Absolutely love it. I'm going to have to have you back sometime. And I'm just sending all the people that I know over to you. And I just want to say thank you so much, like, for just being you. Like, thank you for being your authentic self and opening your heart to complete strangers and sharing your life experiences even just taking those brave steps of like sharing through social media because i know that that cannot be easy right people are listening and people are being encouraged i feel like sometimes you might not see the fruits of that but to know that like it is desperately needed. Just keep on and thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolute pleasure. Because the podcast is called Still With You. It comes from Psalms 139, 18. It just is like, and when I wake up, you're still with me. I just always ask, and you can take this however you want, but I always ask all my friends, where is God still with you? Great
1: question, Coley. I think it's Psalm 40 that says, He reached down into the depths and pulled me out. And it's David talking about like his darkest times. And that's not me saying I'm in my darkest time. That's me saying that God is still with me, even when it feels like I completely cannot see him. He will take the time to reach down into the pit and pull me out and say, I still got you. Yeah. Even in the hardest of circumstances, the most difficult of times where it looks like all hope is lost, no one understands, no one gets you, no one gets your situation, can't handle one more thing, God is going to reach down into the depths and pull you out. I think that that's where he loves to meet us because he says he's strength and weakness. So in order for him to be strong, I actually have to be weak. We try to be strong. We try to tough it out, but then he can't be that. Wow. And so I usurped God at that point by pretending that I'm something that he Mm -hmm. was always meant to be.
0: You are awesome. Uh, Again, just thank you so much, Katie. Absolutely, girl. Anytime. As I shared with Katie, this conversation has fired me up, and I hope that you learn something new and feel propelled to practice hearing from the Lord. There are so many exciting things that he has to say, and I've learned this by just opening my Bible, sitting with an open journal, or being out in nature, asking God to come into the everyday and for him to have his way. And I, again, am so thankful for friends like Katie who have a passion for hearing the voice of God. I love to teach and inspire us to continue listening. The Speak and Logos course that Katie leads, both are amazing courses that I have learned so much from. You can look through the Speak course curriculum and sign up through Katie's website at katiehaskell.com. If you would love Katie to come teach, train, or equip you or your group to hear the voice of God, you can email her. And another exciting thing that you can pray and support Katie through, she is traveling around the United States. States to bring hope and healing to build and restore to light the fires within and switch the lights on in places of darkness you can join the journey and support Katie on this mission through her website again katiehaskell.com this is something that I'm super excited to pray alongside her and watch where she and her team go to bring Psalm seventy eight sixty. again if you would like to connect with Katie you can visit her website katiehaskell.com or follow her on social media at Katie Haskell. And I know I've just given you a lot of information, but you can find this all on my website, coleybrowning.com. The show notes holds all of these links and more for you to go through. If you need to reach me, you can use my website or you can find me on social media. My handle is coleybrowning, K-O-H-L-I-E. I would love to connect with you. I also want to thank our friend Gabrielle Grace for sharing her song, Will Be Alright. This is the music you're hearing before and after interviews. She is amazing. And if you would like to learn more about her as well as listen to her music, you can find her online, GabrielleGraceMusic.net or you can listen to Will Be Right" wherever you stream your music. Again, we are so grateful for her sharing this song with us this season. Friends, I want you to know that you are not alone you are empowered, equipped, you can hear the voice of God, and He is always speaking. Be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that He is still with you.